I have a pretty extensive history teaching ESL students, and I learned so many helpful practices when it came to supporting them in a general education classroom. Now, last week, I shared specifically about writing strategies to support your ESL students, so make sure you listen to episode 110, as it is a quick and informative episode for you. Today, we are diving into four additional ways that you can equip your ESL students to thrive in their environment, which is your classroom. I hope these four ideas will help you to think more strategically when receiving these students who are in your care and they're there to learn. If you are ready to dive into this information, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in each week if you are a returning listener and welcome if this is your first time listening to this podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. And if you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to share it with someone in your school, someone in your environment that can be able to benefit from this because as we know, sharing is caring. And if you are a long-term listener to this podcast, please make sure that you've already left a rating and a review so that even more teachers can be able to find out what this podcast is all about. I thank you in advance. Again, last week I shared about writing strategies for your ESL students. So episode 110 is already posted for you. Go listen if you need additional ideas of how to support your students when it comes to writing specifically. Now, I seriously love working with ESL students. I get these great feelings of accomplishment when seeing their growth from day one when they entered my classroom until the very end of the year when everything has just come together and they are literally thriving and showing so much improvement from when they first entered in. I hope that you are able to consider the impact of what I share today and how it will positively enhance the transition for your students that you're going to get to welcome into your classrooms and cultivate and send off to the next grade level. Let's jump right in. So tip number one, allow and welcome for more think time. I used to think that hearing crickets was awkward and in turn, I would be the one who jumps in to provide examples or to give insights or to start generating what that response should be while I'm scanning the room and hoping that one of my students will decide to jump in so that I didn't just have to have this awkward moment. That's how I used to think that it was just awkward and I wanted to fill that wait time, that think time with words. But Think time, or what some might call wait time, is really, really beneficial. It is going to allow those students to think critically and deeply. It's going to train those students of yours who always have their hand raised before you even finish the question. It's going to train them, those students who answer quickly, to take more time to think through their response, which could actually pull out even deeper thoughts than what they were going to share just by quickly raising their hand wanting to speak. 
It's going to protect your ESL students. And honestly, for this, this is going to protect all your students because there are some students who are native language speakers, like they just need more time. And so this is going to protect all of your students, but especially your ESL, it's going to protect them by building in that thing time needed that they can use to process your question, formulate their thinking, create their response, and then speak it out loud. If you think about all of those different processes from hearing the question to responding, that's a lot. So to do this, you will want to set a timer that shows that you value and that you encourage wait time, think time, and do not accept answers until that timer is up. For this, I like to think, depending on the depth and complexity of your question or what you're asking, one to two minutes can be given for this think and wait time. And this definitely does not have to be for every single question because, as you know, those one or two minutes are going to add up. But maybe at the end, when you have, you're trying to bring it all together, that's when you implement that timed wait time or think time and you showcase that timing so that everyone sees. I don't have to have that answer immediately. I get time to close my eyes and think about it. So that is a good action step for you to do for implementing think time. Tip number two is to provide oral response stems or rephrase your students' statements. Now, this is going to focus on the realization that sometimes students will not use proper English, and this can include subject-verb agreement from the beginning of time. So. When knowing this, knowing when they enter your classroom, if they are coming from a different country or if English is not their first language spoken at home, that is going to be really tricky for them. So because you already know this, you can already have supports in place and oral responses and phrasing will be key for this. This includes modifying your speech. And I share a little bit about that in last week's episode about how you can formulate your language when talking to your ESL students. So to do this, I want you to think about what simple phrases you can model and teach to your students. Use them before you want them to respond so they can mimic after you and complete that stem. And if students reply with improper sentence structure, you can use the repeat method with them. What I heard you say is... And then you can actually repeat what your student said that was incorrect, but you can repeat it in the proper way so they can hear how that should sound. Or you could say, oh, I like how you shared about blank. And so if they're sharing a fact about something, but it was said with improper grammar, you can then repeat that same idea with the proper grammar, especially when we think about tenses, like the past tenses that are irregular. And this is going to help them to hear and start understanding this new language. So with that, you would just repeat what they said to you in the correct English language. This is very non-threatening, and this is a way to allow students to hear the proper sentence structure without blatantly being torn apart or called out by you specifically highlighting that what they said is actually incorrect. So if you can pay close attention to your students and hear what they're saying, you can then rephrase what they've said, keeping their idea, but then they can hear the proper sentence structure, and it's a great way to allow them to begin exploring and experimenting with the English language. This is also a great way to just continue celebrating their effort and their participation while also teaching them this new speaking skill. Honestly, when I can recall my years of teaching ESL students, 
My number one goal was building confidence and allowing them to feel like they are a part, even if the language is hard. So this is a great way to just still be able to teach them, but not completely make it to where they shut down and do not want to speak aloud anymore. I want to take a moment to introduce you to Writing Made Simple. This is a membership site that will bring you engaging writing routines that will get your students on board and pumped about writing. These routines are designed to be quick and simple meaning very little to no prep for you. I'm giving you everything that you need. Video walkthroughs, easy lesson plans, detailed exemplars, printable templates, and engaging animated writing routine slides. Your students are going to go from feeling bored and disengaged to feeling eager and curious. It's through the small intentional chunks of time where you can allow writing to be a powerful practice. Implementing fun routines that disguise writing is the name to the game. To learn more about how you can become a member, head to theliteracydive.com slash join. I cannot wait to support you and your writers. Tip number three is to use visuals and icons. Take a minute to think about if you went to a country like Japan and their language is in a lot of symbols. If you saw symbols all over the wall, all over the magazines, all over the books, you would be completely lost. You would be overwhelmed and you would have no idea what's even happening. So if you can think about your students in this way, when they are seeing English print everywhere, it can be really overwhelming for them. So in thinking about your ESL students, anytime you can pair any type of text or a skill with a visual or an icon, it's going to start bridging the language and understanding for your student. Your students can recall images and those images will be able to jog their memory and it will really help them with that basic level of comprehension. Now we see this as a common classroom addition when we go into a pre-K room or a kindergarten room or a first grade classroom. But this can definitely be helpful in upper elementary classrooms to support those students. They are at the same pace and place of acquiring new language as many of those younger students. And so if it works for them, it can definitely work for you as well. A perk of labeling things around your classroom is that students can reference it when it comes to spelling. So the labeling now serves as another form of accountability that can assist with their writing skills for your ESL and for, honestly, all of your students. So to do this, you are going to want to find places where you can include icons, pictures, and images. These icons and images can be added to book bins to help students recall the genre. It can be added to your schedule of the day so that they know exactly what's coming up and maybe even at what time. It can be added to your workstation and literacy center boards. It can be added as posters in the classroom. You can label words around the room to plant that language. It can also be included on printable sheets that you're using or activities that you're using that you are providing to your students. Also, anytime you are referencing a topic in science or history or any content area, you can show pictures and videos to help build background knowledge for your students. Tip number four, which is not the last tip, but it's the last one I'm going to share on this podcast, is to read aloud to your students. 
This is such a great way to expose your ESL students to the English language and to have great discussions, which will help comprehension and their oral response. I mentioned this in a different way last week, but bringing it back here because this is how important it is. So to do this, you want to make sure that you're staying intentional with your read aloud. You are recognizing how influential this is for the growth of your students, and you want to make sure that you're prioritizing this and staying consistent with this. You want to be selective in the text that you are choosing. You want to find short reads with easy-to-understand wording, simple sentences, and something that has a very clear storyline. If there are places that include figurative language, go ahead and make it a habit to follow up explaining what that means. Many kids will think literally, and it gets really hard to explore between the lines of what was written versus what that was supposed to mean. So where we would have students tell us what they think it means, initially, just give them the language and explanation to them. Do not make them do that hard, tricky work when they are merely trying to understand the language that you are speaking to them, and they're trying to draw from what they know, what they've already learned, and they're trying to put it together. It really helps to make that connection between the different forms of language that we use within the English language. This also goes for thinking about ways that you can front load information. So if you already know that a tricky word or there's going to be a certain event that's happening and your students might not have any idea of what it is, go ahead and front load it by showing a picture, by showing a video, by talking about it, by talking about words that they might hear and already telling them what these words mean. And when that word comes up in the text, you will want to reinforce it so that your students are able to follow along and not get lost within the comprehension. I will be having a couple of ESL teachers coming on to the podcast in the new year, and they're going to be able to share even more strategies and ways that you can support your students. So I'm very excited for that, and I cannot wait for you to learn even more from some of my special friends that are going to come on. But as a quick recap, there are four things that I outlined today, which was allowing and welcoming more think and wait time, providing oral response stems or rephrasing student statements in the correct proper format, using visuals and icons, this can also include images and videos whenever you can, and then also reading aloud to your students and keeping in mind that you will have to offer them more support because they are trying to follow with comprehension. Supports that are great for ESL students are also really, really helpful for your native speakers as well. So it's important to think about differentiation and your class as a whole. Those who need something will have the support and those who do not need it will be able to use their knowledge, their understanding, and they can complete the task without that support. Always keep that in mind. I hope you will meet me back here next week for a special treat of an episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.